Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 106 as we get to mid-July with a busy next couple of weeks coming up. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. You can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday and also via Newsday Islanders texts, which is your direct connection to one-on-one communication with me. And you can text 631-303-3766. That's 631-303-3766. Or go to newsday.com backslash Isles text to start your... 14-day trial subscription, and as I mentioned, a busy rust of July coming up. You got, uh, as I'm recording this on July 13th, we're looking at the Islanders and the other 29 teams that have to submit protected lists. The Vegas Golden Knights are exempt from this. Uh, For the expansion draft, the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. So, Protected lists are due Saturday at 5 p.m., and then the expansion draft comes on July 21st, and then we'll have the NHL draft, which is July 23rd and 24th. Um, The Islanders, of course, without a first-round pick after acquiring Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, both unrestricted free agents, and the free agent market opens on July 28th. The Islanders also have their restricted free agents, Ilya Sorokin, Anthony Beauvillier, defenseman Adam Pellick, to uh, work out new deals with. Uh, They have to submit some qualifying offers. Once they submit the qualifying offers, then those players will have to be protected uh, in the expansion draft there. Otherwise, they would have become, become unrestricted free agents. And, of course, that's not going to happen. Um... In the meantime, the NHL at some point should be releasing its schedule for the 21-22 season, and we'll see exactly how long the road trip the Islanders will have to start the next season as they await the opening of UBS Arena at Belmont Park uh, to discuss some of that and also to discuss the fact that... uh, um, Zach Parisi, um, the former or soon to be former Minnesota Wild forward, uh, uh, Michael Russo, the athletic, uh, reporting today that, uh, both Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, the defenseman are going to be bought out, uh, the remainder of their mega deals. So Zach Parisi at 36 will become a unrestricted free agency. And of course it's not too hard to connect the dots Back to Lou Lamarillo there to discuss some of that. Um, had a chance to chat with the Hockey Night in New York crew of Christian Arnold and Sean Cuthbert. Uh, you know, uh, they they do a great job with their show. Uh, they've had me on a couple of times. Always enjoy chatting with them. I thought I would return the favor and have them on the Island Ice podcast. So we went over a, a plethora of topics, uh, as I mentioned, and some I didn't mention. And after that, we're going to uh, get to some Andrew's answers with your questions submitted via Newsday Islanders text. So uh, um, why don't we get right to it and uh, hear what Sean and Christian had to say. And thrilled to be joined by my two good friends here, Christian Arnold and Sean Cuthbert of uh, Hockey Night in New York. They've been good enough to have me on a couple of times, so I thought I would repay the favor. And let me just start by uh, offering a, uh, a mea culpa to you guys. I know I mentioned uh, when you had me on last week that you had blown up my podcast last week because I was planning to ask you on uh, last week. It, it turns out my main man, Mark, who uh, puts all this together, was actually on vacation last week. So uh, since I do not know much more than turning up the volume and turning down the volume, I could not have (laughs) produced a a podcast last week. So my apologies for uh, making you feel guilty, uh, as my Jewish mother would have been proud of me for doing. 
<laughs> no worries. <laughs> I one did not feel guilty. <laughs> well, yeah, I expected that of you, Christian. But uh, so yeah. again, it's uh, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. I'm sure you you've seen them on Hockey Night New York, and you can uh, watch them Sunday nights at eight during the season at Twitch TV backslash Hockey Night New York. And of course, uh, you can find Sean on Twitter at Sean Y Hockey. You can find Christian at C underscore Arnold 01. And uh, you can read Christian at nyihockeynow.com. Did I get everything right there? Yes, you did. That was very good, Andrew. Yeah, very thank good. you. Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm learning how to do the promos here in the teasers. Um, I'm like a pro already, Andrew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, you know, after 54 years on the planet, I should be approaching pro <laughs> status at some point. Let, let me start, um, you know, just before we, uh, we, we, we started recording this, Michael Russo of The Athletic uh, broke the news that the Minnesota Wild are planning to buy out both Zach Parisi and uh, defenseman Ryan Suter. And as it pertains to the Islanders, I would think Zach Parisi might be a person of interest. Lou Lamarillo drafted Zach uh, while, while they were with the Devils, while he was with the Devils, and there was that smoke around the fire of maybe moving Andrew Ladd's contract to Minnesota for Zach Parisi. Uh, I think that was Lou's first season with the Islanders uh, as the years meld together. But Zach Parisi is going to be an unrestricted free agent as of July 28th. And uh, Christian, I'll start with you. Any interest? Um, as someone who wrote the other day that I'm not particularly interested in Vladimir Tarasenko, I have to say my opinion is probably much stronger when it comes to not being interested in Zach Parisi. Um, you know, I think that he'd come at a pretty cheap price. I will say that if, if the Islanders were to pursue him, because I think everyone at this point knows what he can and can't do still as a hockey player. And, and, and Andrew, I mean, you have a much better understanding of him at, at, when he was playing in his prime in New Jersey and what kind of person he is. And, you know, by all accounts, he sounds like a great guy. And I'm sure we kind of fit some of the character requirements for the Islanders, but I don't necessarily know, especially with so many, so many things the Islanders had to have to figure out. Uh, and I'm sure that'll be dependent on what happens with who stays and who goes. But I can't say I'm particularly interested in Zach Parisi coming to the Islanders at this point in his career. Well, Sean, let me rephrase that question. If the Islanders lose out on Kyle Palmieri, if they can't re-sign him, if they wind up moving on from Jordan Everly, potentially through the expansion draft or otherwise, um, now are you interested? If, if there are those holes in the lineup. Yeah, I think if a spot opens up, whether it's Palmieri or Everly, I think, you know, you already know that Lou is interested in Parise, given the history you've already given us. And I think he could slot on the left side of Pajot on that third line. Now, I wouldn't particularly be interested in seeing him playing top line minutes next to Barzell if Everly goes. But if there's some kind of shifting around to the personnel in the forward group, uh, I would say... I wouldn't mind seeing Parise on the, on the left side in the third line. I, I still think, you know, with his leadership, uh, he'd still be able to provide something for the Islanders. Is there enough of a nostalgia factor here too, just given JP Parise's, you know, role in Islanders history that, 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 you know, I know you can't be nostalgic in putting together a team, but how much value is there in the fact that Zach is JP's kid? I mean, it would be a nice story, right, to see him end his career as an Islander. But, I mean, like you said, if, if it comes down to just just numbers and what's going to be the best fit for the team, you know, look, it'd be nice. But but if, if there's a better fit somewhere else, I would say thanks, but no thanks. You know what I mean? It all depends on, you know, what's available in the roster as far as, you know, literally what's open and where he could slot in. And, and if he's the best option, great, sure, I'm all for it. But I certainly wouldn't be making a reach for Parise over anybody else if that somebody else is a better fit. And Christian, let me just circle back. As you said, you, you had no interest in Vlad Tarasenko. If maybe if you could expand and explain why you wrote what you wrote. And, uh, you know, obviously with Tarasenko, you know, a couple of things come to mind immediately, namely the cap hit, which, right. you know, I, I don't know what kind of financial gymnastics Lou 
and, and you know, and Steve Pellegrini would have to go through to, to get this done. Um, but also, you know, how concerned are you with, with, with Tarasenko's shoulder issues? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, aside from obviously wanting people to click on the story because it's all clicks, <laughs> baby. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm, um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. Um, it's, it really was the, the amount that the Islanders would have to give up, especially in a trade, especially in having to lose a lot of players to make the cap numbers work, because not only would they still have to get Vladimir Tarasenko under the cap, but you also have to worry about, all right, in the scenario that this all works out, you're potentially either trading Anthony Beauvillier, who would have needed a, a you know, is an RFA right now. You still have to sign, re-sign Ilya Sorokin. You still have to re-sign Adam Pellick. Theoretically, you're still going to try and re-sign Casey Zizekas. So now in that equation, Belvillier probably is some, either not coming back or part of that deal because you know, the, the Blues are going to want something in return. And then, you know, they're going to probably want something hefty. You're already likely losing, not likely in this scenario, you're losing Nick Letty and Jordan Eberle, uh, Jordan Eberle 100% at that point. You are then probably not going to be able to afford to bring Casey Zizekas back at that point as well in, in this scenario, unless he takes some sort of team-friendly deal. So already you've lost a lot. Now you add on the injury factor to something that, in fairness, sounds like it's not necessarily part, not necessarily his fault, but partially or a, a lot on the Blues for um, you know not doing the right thing, I guess, with some of those surgeries. But still, it's now become a major concern if I'm a team already knowing that I have to give up a lot of financial financial players that could impact this team and have been such a big part of the core that that's a big financial commitment for me as, as a general manager to make for a guy that has only played what 34 games in the last two years only had about I want to say nine goals maybe at most I might be giving him extra goals at this point but that's that's a lot to give up for someone who, yes, he could be a thirty-plus goal scorer like he used to be, but that's a big if, and that's a lot of a lot of what ifs for this to work out. And I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that, especially knowing that the Islanders have had success with the guys that they've had, um, and Lou Lemerel's focus, it seems at least right now, is to get a lot of those guys re-signed and make sure a lot of that core is there intact so that they can make another run at the cup at the cup next season. Yeah, I think there are a couple of conflicting uh, factors at work here. I mean, one we, we've seen with Lou is that he has taken those home run swings for a guy like Tarasenko. I mean, you know, they thought they had Artemi Panarin, you know, before he went to the Rangers. Um, and, you know, as it turned out, maybe the Islanders were not as close to getting Panarin as they thought they were because he, he seemed to have eyes only for the Rangers. Um However, you know, it's the same type of player, you know, that kind of, you know, big home run playmaker type guy. Um, so there's clearly interest on Lou's side. But the, the other factor, as you mentioned, Christian, is Lou and Barry really like this core and they value chemistry. And, and, and in a way, you know, I, I kind of feel like if you commit to Tarasenko, you're sort of committing – to saying, okay, we've gone as far with this core as we can go. And, and I think it's an interesting debate because the Lightning are not going to be as good next season because of the cap, you know. And, you know, obviously we expect Colorado to be there and probably Vegas to still be there. And, you know, there are good teams in this league, but no one, no one came close to giving the Lightning the challenge that the Islanders did in the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't even close. That, that, that cup final, when you look back at it, you know, I don't want to say it was a joke, but it, it certainly was not overly competitive. And the Islanders won nothing game seven. That, that's, you know, that's as good as it gets. So I, I think it's an interesting debate for Lou whether – he feels like this core has maxed out or whether he can get that one more round. I, I, Sean, do you have thoughts one way or another on, on, on whether this core can get further? I think they can. And I don't think this roster is going to look much different coming into next year as, as we saw this year. I mean, obviously there's going to be some, maybe a, a deletion or two because of the cap constraints, but I think Lou's going to do his best to bring back as many of these guys as he can. And, 
And if he has to fill a hole or two, he will maybe, whether it's with a guy like Parise or whatever, but, but you look at that game and, and maybe I'll kind of steal that quote from Barry Trotz a little bit, right. Where he was asked, you know, about putting Wallstrom in. And he said, if they had a, you know, if they hadn't lost the game one, nothing, if they had a one, he wouldn't have even been asked that question. Right. And I think it's similar in this regard is if they had to come out on top of a, of what was essentially a one, nothing game, I mean, why would you get rid of it, right? Because they might they might they might have been having a parade yesterday if if they had to won that game. So it came down to that one goal and and which was was really it came down to a mistake. I mean, a bad mistake uh, on the power play. And you know, history could be a lot different for the Islanders right now if they didn't make that mistake. So I don't I don't think they need to do anything drastic. Is is Tarasenko a nice player when he's healthy? Absolutely. Is it something Lou should look into? Uh, yes. And and if he feels like he can be healthy after those shoulder surgeries and he can contribute something. It's something he, you know, maybe he should look into money aside, but at the end of the day, I think this team is going to look very similar to, to what they were this year. Yeah. I, I, I would tend to agree just based on knowing how much Lou and Barry do does value the chemistry in that room. And he's proven that, you know, he's added on without making major deletions. I, I just, you know, and I, I don't know whether, Christian, you got the same sense listening through the breakup day, but I, my sense was that Casey was gone, you know, listening to that. I, I don't know whether you guys had the same sense that I did. Yeah, it certainly seemed like, you know, it seemed a little more somber, I guess. I don't I don't know. He definitely kind of, I forget, I forget if it was you or someone else who asked him about kind of where his focus was and if it was something that he had thought about. But his answer was interesting because it's, you know, he talked about wanting to spend as much time as possible with everybody before they depart. And, and like, if you kind of want to read into that a little bit and, and kind of overthink things, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to say in that, in that point in time, because yes, they've spent basically every day together and, and certainly you kind of understand that, but um, it, it's certainly kind of an interesting message to put out there too, because it's like, well, you'll just see everybody next year, theoretically, right? If you want to come back, but yeah. you know, it's it's so easy to kind of you know look at this and overanalyze, and you know, we just, we just don't know. And I think so much depends on, um, you know, first off, you know, I think as you and, and several other people, Elliot, uh, Elliot Friedman, um, have pointed out that you know you, if you're Lou Lou Amarello, basically you're starting with your RFAs, and Adam Pellick seems like the one that's going to be the biggest kind of key to what's going to happen. And then all the rest of the dominoes kind of fall from there. But it's certainly, I, I kind of agree with you. It certainly came across a little more somber. Um, I don't know if that maybe is a, you know, if, if we're being really shrewd here, if that's some possibly some sort of tactic, if you will, to kind of, you know, I, I mean, you never know with these things. You really just kind of, it, well, I know. We, you know, I mean, many times the media is grasping at straws. Right. And if we're going down we're, that rabbit hole. Yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking we're intelligent by analyzing stuff. And then it turns out that, you know, Lou and Anders Lee had worked out a deal seven <laughs> months prior. And, you know, we were beating our heads against the wall for nothing. Right. So I want to point out, though, as a fellow member of the media, I, for one, and Sean likes to point this out every day that we, we hang out or we do a show. I never think I'm an intelligent person, so I don't want to. I don't want to come across like that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm probably in the same group as you are. So, <laughs> um, the, the 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 first thing coming up, and 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 if I recall our our chat on your your guys' show last week, Hockey Night New York, um, I, I seem to be depressing Sean when I was mentioning I didn't think. Casey was coming back. <laughs> um, do you do you have an alternate take on that, or are you sort of resigned to this might being reality at this point? Well, it's funny, Andrew, because in the beginning of the season, and I actually said this on our show, where I thought that this year for certain was going to be the last time we saw the identity line together. I thought, you know, Sezikis was going to price himself out this summer. And just because of the cap constraints, they weren't going to be able to bring him back. But then over the course of the season, it seemed like there was more of a mutual desire on both sides to bring him back, where there was actually a chance it might happen. It sounded like from Lou and from the Islanders that, you know, they want to try to make it work. Now, how they're going to do that's another question. Well, I guess we'll soon find out. 
But I actually feel more confident now that he will stick around than I did at the beginning of the season. And be just because of the value that they put on the core of this team, how tight they are, and just um, what that locker room camaraderie really means for this team and, and how it kind of translates to the ice. I don't think there's any denial there that, you know, this team is, is more a sum of its parts than any individual, right? And, and you know, it, they're so aptly named as the identity line that that may be something that Lou Lamarillo puts a little more value on and, and wants to maybe shift a thing or two around here so that Casey can do it. Now, it's going to be on Casey to maybe take more of a team-friendly deal to make that happen. But we all know he loves it here. We know he's he's great friends with Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck and the rest of the team. So you may see something happen there, and I think we will. Yeah. If you had to, if I can tell you, you're only keeping one. Because I think when all is said and done, if best-case scenario, they, they would only be able to keep one. If you could only keep Casey or Kyle Palmieri, are you keeping Casey over Kyle? Wow. That's uh that's a tough question. I think, I think um, the loyalty in me has to say Casey Sezikis. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, he's just that little engine that could, right. I mean, even though he's a fourth line center, he's a third line center on so many other teams. And, I, and I've said it a million times and, you know, he, he really puts it out there every shift. And, and I think that bleeds throughout the lineup when, when the rest of the team sees that. So, you know, as, as much as Palmieri could add offensively and, and you'd like to see, you know, that offensive depth. And and maybe this is a tougher question if a guy like Everly does end up getting plucked in the expansion draft or getting traded because you do want to maintain that scoring if somebody like that leaves. But if you have to choose between Sezikis and Palmieri, I think I think you got to stick with Sezikis. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, no, that's, that's a complete <laughs> lie. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what you did. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of putting you on the spot. So in Sunday's Newsday, I, I gave my projected um, protected list for the, uh, for the expansion draft. And I had, uh, I did wind up protecting Varlam, Varlamov and net, even though, you know, if you really want to go outside the box, you could dangle him and say, okay, we're going ahead with uh, with uh, Sorokin and maybe Corey Schneider as the backup. But I, I just don't feel like Lou and Barry would feel comfortable losing a Varlamov at this point. So I'll protect him. I'm protecting Pellick, Mayfield, and Pulak as the three defensemen. And then, you know, up front, I've got Barzell. I've got Bailey. I've got uh, Lee. I've got Peugeot. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, Nelson. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Nelson, Barzell, Bailey, Lee, Peugeot. Help me out here. Who's the sixth guy I'm missing? Could be Jordan Everly. No, no I, I did not protect Jordan Everly. Um, uh, oh, Beauvillier. I'm sorry. I'm protecting Beauvillier, Beauvillier of course. Yes. And then my seventh guy. And, you know, I, I, it probably won't happen like this, but I'm protecting Otto Koivula, Koivula in, in, in the, you know, in case Casey Sezikis, you know, does leave via free agency. So, you know, given that, I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts on, you know, who you might protect or, or what might be different from my list. Well, I don't know if I would protect Koivula. I think that's maybe the only place i differ from you i'd have to say obviously one of the most important pieces that you missed there protecting was, was leo komarov because right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, but, <laughs> by, by the way christian you just stepped into the neil best role of the leo <laughs> hater on the show no no no. <laughs> i i i mean you can ask sean this i enjoy the fact that leo komarov played on the top line i've never hated it um if anything i probably was the most ridiculous kind of in quotes here, Leo defender when it came to his role in the top line, but, and I'm obviously kidding about protecting him, but I think, I think Koivalu might be the only place I differ from you. And who well, I would, would, you, would you protect Bellows or I think I would protect Bellows because I think that there is still, despite kind of his, his falling off, I guess you could say from, from, you know, where he, we thought he would be at the beginning of the year to where things have ended with him and Oliver Wallstrom. You know, I think there's still a lot of upside for him. I think there's still a lot of talent. I think 
if you go again, if you go by what Barry Trotz said all season, he was still, he still was in the plans for the Islanders going forward. And, uh, you know, for a long time, especially, you know, multiple people asked him about, you know, the trade deadline and, and what his thought about possibly moving him then. Um, and, and Barry seemed to think that keeping him in the lot, keeping him on the roster and, and, he could see him having a future with the, with the organization and playing an impactful role. So I think there's still something there. Um, and I think that, you know, especially to, um, you know, I think that that puts him in a higher standing for me, at least than, than Otto Koivula. I understand where you're coming from with Koivula and, and that role that he would kind of take as, as kind of that protection role. Um, if you lose the case Zekas or something like that, but I, I still think there's more of an upside to keeping a Bellows than, uh, or protecting a Bellows, I should say. I, I'm, I'm sorry to – that was a wonderful explanation there, Christian. I'm just – I'm on the cap-friendly site, and I'm looking at Kiefer Bellows, and I don't think he would be eligible to be protected anyway. He still needs 13 more games uh, required to meet the exposure requirement. So you can uh, you can go pick back. Someone else. <laughs> yeah, you can pick someone else if you want. Sean, I will let you answer and then come back to me. I will uh, pause my answer for a second. All right, fair enough. So I have, I suppose, two potential scenarios here, and and they both look very much like yours, Andrew. And maybe, you know, Christian will get a little bit of laugh out of this because uh, we talked about it on our last episode. But if the Islanders are able to do something with Andrew Ladd, which I'm still not sold on the fact that they won't, then I, I protect Eberle in that seventh forward spot because yeah. I, w- I want to keep that scoring depth intact as much as possible. Now, if they're not able to figure anything out with Andrew Ladd to shed his five and a half million, then, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you're probably going to have to dangle his contract um, along with Nicoletti's like, like you have in, in your scenario. And then, then in that case, you know, I, I believe Michael Del Cole uh, would have to be protected. Uh, Otto Koivula, as you mentioned. I mean, for me, it's flip a coin with either one of those guys. I think Barry uh, likes Del Cole, even though he hasn't really factored into the lineup more recently just because of the depth that they've had. But I think he's a guy who can end up playing on that left side again on the third line if they end up having to kind of move the depth upward, upward if Paul Mary sticks around and Everly goes, whatever the case may be. But um, that's kind of where I'm at. Pretty much the same thing you got, Andrew. But if they can find a way to unload Lad, you keep Everly. If they can't unload Lad, then it's the same thing. And then maybe you just protect uh, Del Cole or, or, or Corvula. Yeah, now, you know, obviously Luke can still make a trade, you know, Nick Letty or Jordan Everly before you have to expose him and potentially risk him for nothing. I, I, I've heard through the grapevine that if Nick Letty is out there, that the Seattle Kraken definitely would have interest in a Nick Letty specifically. And I, I think for the Kraken, Letty makes a lot more sense if you're going to pick a 5.5 million, you know, cap hit up, just because Letty's only got one season left on his deal, whereas Jordan goes out a couple of more seasons. You know, right. Seattle, Seattle can use Nick you know, to, to get established um, and then, you know, see what happens. And, and you're not committed to 5.5 million for a plus 30, you know, defenseman. So, and, and, and Christian, I will apologize because uh, as I mentally go through this, I was the one who threw out Bellow's name and you, you totally took the bait on that. So that's, I, I'm sorry I reeled you in with that one. It is quite all right. Sean does that on a weekly basis. I'm used to being set up to look like be look like a fool. Uh, That's right. You make pretty, it easy, Chris. Pretty much my role at this point on Hockey Night in New York, and if we're being honest, among the the beat writers for the Islanders. So that that actually doesn't surprise me one bit. But, but we love you. we love you, and we can't wait till you get to your 21st birthday, <laughs> so we can take you out for drinks. Wow. Well, yeah, that's going to be a huge day. That that day that I finally turned 21. <laughs> nine what was it eight, eight years nine years after i actually turned 21 so oh, i was gonna say did you have the goatee in eighth grade <laughs> actually i did have facial hair in, in eighth grade it is it's been coming along pretty quickly i will say that uh, yeah I, I couldn't grow a mustache or a beard until after college it was pretty pathetic so My- even though i tried <laughs> my brother-in-law always used to joke that uh because he's been he's known me since probably fifth grade he goes you've, you've had facial hair since you were probably about nine so. Oh my god! 
Jeez. Good just Lord. To, just to clarify on that. But thank you. That's <laughs> I can't wait till my 21st birthday as well to yeah. have a drink with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear Brian Compton will take you out for a McRib that day and uh, and a you know a Shamrock Shake and you know I think he's off the McRib. So he's he's all about the Blue Line Deli and the uh, the McCompton or whatever the heck it's called. Comp uh, Don't want to call it by its proper name because I don't want to dignify his sandwich that yeah. much because he has hey. it named after him I'm by the way I'm, I'm glad you brought those guys up because i i, I finally I, I got out to the blue line deli um on a little press junket with the new york riptide the other day and what what a great shop that place is you know you hear Absolutely. stories but look donald donald couldn't be nicer his family couldn't be nicer the food was great <laughs> it's like i had a great time we just hung out there for like about 45 minutes and it, it was a great time and uh, can't say enough great things about those guys. And the first, I, I got to be honest, the first thing I, I walk in and Donald comes over and shakes my hand. It's the first time we're meeting in person. And the first thing he says to me is, You've got a real advocate in Christian Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I have been lobbying for you to get a sandwich named after you. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to break news, but uh. Uh, that might be happening. I'm, I'm hoping yes. that happens this time. Nice. So, there we nice. go. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't want to take all of the credit, but it's absolutely my doing. No, <laughs> well, Andrew, credit. Andrew, is 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 Donnie gonna make you, you know, eat any any amount of sandwiches as a challenge? Because he did that for us. He made us eat sandwiches before he gave us a sandwich. Oh, really? I'm, look, <laughs> I I'm in for that. I mean, like, <laughs> all right. I, I could watch that show, Man vs. Food, like every night. You know, just to, and me, 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 and my daughters, like, we sit on YouTube watching Matt Stoney, like, you know, just eating tremendous amounts of food. So. You say that now, but we had to eat, what was it, a hero, a full hero and a half uh, of yes. our season, and it was probably... Which, well, hold on now. Speak for yourself, Christian, because yeah. I got through mine fine. Now, there is video evidence. We actually documented this. You can find it on YouTube, where Christian was near death during this <laughs> challenge and competition. This He had a real hard time. Took him at least a half hour longer to finish his. But thankfully, Donnie was patient enough to wait for him to finish, and then we got our, our rap named after us. All right. Well, was he like sweating and just like uncomfortably oh, yeah. moving his his arms, and, like, yes. doing the neck roll, and yeah, all yeah. of the above, all yeah. of the above. I I, I have uh, maybe it's not surprising. I have a lot of experience in grossly overeating, and uh, <laughs> I, I know all the symptoms. So uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you guys, you know, not so much as, you know, the objective journalists, but just, you know, uh, Sean, I, I know how crazy an Islander fan you are. What, <laughs> yes. what, 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 what thoughts did you have watching the Lightning against the Canadians and then watching Nikita Kucherov's, you know, shirtless press conference and then, you know, hearing that they dented the Stanley Cup while on jet skis the other day what as an islander fan what what are you thinking watching all of this well i'll be completely honest with you andrew and i admitted this on our last episode too i did not watch a lick of the finals <laughs> okay I, I, I couldn't bear to do it i couldn't watch because yeah. just because of how close the islanders came uh again that one goal away and yeah. all i could think about was what would we be doing you know how would how would they have done in that final series? And you know, I'm watching those highlights from the from the boat parade yesterday, and I'm just like, man, that could have been us. You know, we were that close because I fully believe. I mean, whether it would have been in five, six, seven games, I fully believe the Islanders would have beat the Canadians. In the oh, there's, there's there's no doubt. I mean, you know, Carrie Carrie Price played unbelievably, and and look, game five down in Tampa. If you like goaltending, watching Vasilevsky versus Price that night was worth the price of admission. That that was fun, and I, I I do happen to like goaltenders, but you know the, the the Canadians, and you know this shouldn't be seen as a negative. It should be seen as a positive. But in terms of depth and and, and overall skill, they they were not the equals of either the Lightning or the Islanders, and 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 it's just. 
it is a testament to the Canadians for getting through. Look, you know, say what you want about the Maple Leafs. They had the talent there, right? They, they should have won yeah. that series. And, you know, you could probably say the same thing about the Jets and the Canadians destroyed the Jets, which, which shocked yeah. me. And, and for all intents and purposes, they kind of destroyed Vegas too. I mean, I know it went six games, but the Canadians were the better team, you know, throughout that. Yeah. So I, I, I think the Canadians and their coaching staff and Carey Price deserve tons of credit. But, but I agree with you. There's no doubt in my mind, if they had faced the Islanders, it would have been a, a pretty similar outcome to, to what you got with the, with the Lightning. And, and knowing that, I think that's just what made it so difficult to watch it and why I didn't. And just this thing is going to last there for a while. I think I speak for a lot of Islander fans where, you know, even last year, you know, getting so close. But this year in particular, getting to that seventh game, only losing by a goal, knowing it was just by a silly mistake on the power play. I mean, I think until they actually, you know, win a cup, hopefully sooner than later. I mean, that's going to last with us for a while because – because you look at what the series of Montreal probably would have been, would have been, and and it, and it, it stinks. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> depending on how much you love summer, the the the, the good <laughs> thing is next season's going to be here before you know it. I mean, this yeah. is. I mean, never mind that it's a short off season to begin with. You got everything we're cramming into July, you know, going on. So you're going to be working hard probably right through. August 1st, August 2nd, then you got the restricted free agents to get signed. I mean, by the time you know it, it's going to be Labor Day. The guys are going to be back on the ice informally anyway. And then the Islanders are going to start their seven-month road trip to start uh, next season. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so we'll be right back at it. Um, listen, I, I can't thank Sean and, and Christian. I, I can't thank both of you enough for for really everything. I mean, the laughs, the uh, you know, having me on your on your show, and uh, you coming on with me, and just you know, your, your pretty prescient points and, and, and analysis on this team. I, I, I very much appreciate getting your points of view on this. Andrew, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show and, and couldn't be more grateful for, for you inviting us on to you. I was really appreciate it. Christian, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you having us on. And uh, to echo Sean's sentiment, yes, you're, you're always welcome on our show and we always enjoy the conversation. And we well, always appreciate the fact that you answer about seven questions when we ask you one and it, it eliminates having to really ask a lot of follow-up because you kind of just ask yourself a follow-up question. You, you, you know what's scary? I got, I, I have two guest appearances coming up that I'm really looking forward to. One is uh, on, on another podcast, uh, not hockey related at all. I'm, I'm uh, one of the uh, Newsday Islanders uh, text subscribers does a, a, a great heavy metal podcast called the metal and i am going to be on uh in in the coming weeks and we're going to be discussing a specific album and i'll let chris and justin you know break all that type of stuff but that's my one fear is that like those guys like getting their podcast done in about you know 50 55 minutes and then they ask me one question about this band and you know you know 17 hours later i'm still going to be talking and then i'm actually doing like I'm, I'm guest hosting a live radio show um in august up from uh saratoga on uh on albany's espn station 1045 wow. awesome um, Look, you know, it's all nice and good to do a podcast and everything that can be edited, but live radio, like I've done live radio spots, but I've always been the guest to, to <laughs> have to be a host and to share airtime and to allow other people to have thoughts. I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know about this. So. Well, Andrew, at least you're self-aware. <laughs> at least you know you got something to work on. So maybe you can improve, you know? <laughs> yeah, I always I always say to, you know, to take a short answer and make it long, you know, bring me in. So <laughs> I mean, even right here, I have to give you credit. Andrew. You have managed to take my snarky little comment and drag it out for at least two to three minutes. <laughs> and something that easily could have taken two seconds. Um, also, I want to point out, you mentioned you're a big fan of 
goaltenders. You know why you're a big fan of goaltenders, right? And I only want a yes or no answer to this question, by the way. You know why you're a big <laughs> fan of goaltenders? I, are you asking because yeah, you know I'm why? You. Yes, I know why. Do I, I? Yeah, I mean, I have my uh, my favorite players growing up. <laughs> That's not a yes or no answer. Okay, yes, I, I do know. I, okay, I, I disagree. I was going to say because by trade, you're also a drummer. Goaltenders are essentially the drummers of hockey teams because they are, like drummers, very unique and, and personable and um, kind of bizarre individuals. And goaltenders <laughs> are the same way. And I would kind of characterize you like that as well. Wow. I, and again, not to drag out one of your points for another two minutes. So when I was covering the Rangers, right? I'm done. I'm, we're in a scrum with John Tortorella and something fell to the ground and, you know, like a, a ball of paper or something. And, and, you know, it fell between me and John. And I, I, I guess it like sort of deflected off John's legs or something. And it was going through my five hole. Um, and I instinctively closed the legs and made a save on, you know, in this innocuous thing. And John looks at me like that was weird. You know, Torts looks at me and he's like, that was weird. And I kind of sheepishly said to him, you know, I played goalie when I was a kid, right? And Torts looked at me and he goes, I knew you were off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Excellent. not wrong is what you're saying. Again, yeah, no, you, Christian, you were correct. Listen, guys, thank you so much. Again, that's the great Christian Arnold and Sean Cuthbert of uh, Hockey Night in New York. And you can find Sean on Twitter at Sean Y Hockey. You can find Christian <laughs> at C underscore Arnold 01. You can read Christian at nyihockeynow.com. And you can see Sean at a UBS arena at Belmont Park coming to you in the near future. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Guys, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. You too, Andrew. Thanks again. Thanks, Andrew. You too. And yeah, it's it's always fun chatting with Sean and Christian. Uh, really good people. Uh, uh, they do a great job, like I say, with Hockey Night in New York, which again, you can uh, tune in on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. during the season. Uh, and that's on Twitch TV backslash Hockey Night New York. So I really appreciate Christian and uh, Sean giving me some time and some input. And I also really appreciate the questions uh, that the subscribers uh, submitted via Newsday Islanders text. So without further ado, I'll get to some of your questions with some Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And we'll just go uh, right through the list here. And the first one up is from John Pisano, who uh, says, and I, I don't know where he would have seen this, but he said, I saw a lineup that the Isles get Vlad Tarasenko, resign Kyle Palmieri, Zdeno Chara, who's a UFA after a season with the Capitals. And they also keep Casey Sezikis while losing Nick Letty, Jordan Eberle, and Anthony Bovillia. I want to know, is this person nuts or is it possible? It would really give them some punch. Um, still the same core, but a little different, better maybe. Uh, can it be done under the cap and what do you think? Um, well, I, I, I sort of think... You know, it, it's a it's an either or with Tarasenko or Palmieri, and this is purely hypothetical. I, I don't see uh, the Islanders being able to afford both um, and keep Casey Sezikis. I, I as I mentioned and as I asked uh, Sean Cuthbert uh, in talking to those guys, you know, do you want Kyle or do you want Casey? Because uh, I don't think both are coming back. So. Uh, Look, I, as we discussed, I could certainly see losing Nick Letty and Jordan Everly, and, you know, Anthony Beauvillier, once he's, you know, re-signed as a restricted free agent, you know, it's not impossible. You know, if you bring in Vlad Tarasenko, I certainly think Beauvillier is part of the package going back to St. Louis. So, you know, an Islanders team next season without Nick Letty, without Jordan Everly, and without... 
Anthony Beauvillier. I see paths to where that could be a reality. Do I see all of the above, Tarasenko, Palmieri, Chara, Sezikis, all with the Islanders next season? Look, no, I, I, I don't think that Lou can, can pull that off. I mean, not that Lou could or could not pull that off. I don't think the salary cap can can sustain that. Um, Michael Fernandez says, will anyone be bought out? Uncle Leo or Hickey or, or you know, anyone be bought out? And um, I think we'll get much more clarity. Uh, and again, the buyout period opened 48 hours after the Stanley Cup final ended as the Lightning beat the Canadians in five games. So the, the, the buyout window goes from 48 hours after the Cup Final through July 27th. I believe that's a 5 p.m. July 27th deadline. I don't think, if the Islanders do buy someone out, I, I certainly don't think it's going to be before we see what happens in the expansion draft. And then, you know, you're going to get a little bit more uh, financial clarity with where the Islanders are, whether, you know, uh, Lou loses a Nick Letty, you know, as I mentioned, I think the Seattle Kraken would be in on Nick Letty um, if he gets the expansion draft or whether Lou uh, decides to deal Nick Letty and not risk losing him for nothing. Either way, you know, I, I think it's more likely that Nick Letty is not with the Islanders next season than with the Islanders next season. Um, uh, that's just my opinion. And again, you know, as I wrote in the Sunday Newsday, that it's it's not a hockey decision. That's a pure financial decision. You know, the savings. Uh, if you're talking about Leo Komarov or Thomas Hickey, the savings are not huge. You know, the, the the Islanders would have to do much more than buy out one or both uh, to to free up the kind of cap space they need to make. Uh, some of the bigger moves that have been bandied about. Uh, just for instance, and again, using the invaluable capfriendly.com, uh, Thomas Hickey, uh, a buyout. Now, he's got one season left on his deal, um, and it, it carries a cap hit of $2.5 million. So you, you buy him out, you, you save about $1.67 million against the cap hit for next season, uh, that's your savings. The cap hit is uh, you split what uh, what Thomas is owed over the next two seasons. So the cap hit is about eight hundred thirty three thousand, um, both for this coming season twenty one twenty two, and then you spread it over into twenty two twenty three. So you're you're taking you know just under a million cap hit. Uh, that you wouldn't otherwise have for 22-23, and you're getting 1.6 million, 1.67 million uh, approximately in savings for this coming season. Leo Komarov, who's got the one season left on his deal, and he's got a $3 million cap hit, um, sort of similar numbers to Thomas Hickey. Uh, your, your savings are, are going to be about 1.3 million against the cap, uh, so the Islanders cap hit uh, for Leo would be about 1.67 million for next season. Uh, this is 21-22 if you buy him out. And then you also got to spread it into 22-23 where the cap hit's going to be, uh, you know, about uh, just under 670,000 uh, approximately. So, you know, a little bit of savings here, a little bit of savings there. You know, it's kind of nickels and dimes compared to, you know, the big bucks that the Islanders really need to uh, uh, open up to, to, to make some of the moves, uh, the bigger moves that uh, people are talking about. Uh, Andrew Ladd's buyout situation uh, is, is even more onerous, really. Uh, does not do the Islanders any good to, to, to buy out Andrew Ladd. Uh, really, um, you know, I know some people have uh, discussed that. Uh, again, I think with Andrew Ladd, um, if you cannot move Andrew Ladd's contract this off season, um, the 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 path of least resistance uh, would would be getting Andrew Ladd on long term injured reserve. Now, again, as I've mentioned, uh, I think on the last podcast episode, Lou came out and said that Andrew Ladd is healthy right now, and that you know that makes it a little bit 
harder to justify a move to long-term injured reserve immediately, you know. And again, you got to see how uh, Andrew Ladd hangs hangs through uh, training camp. Um, but certainly uh, the, the best thing for the Islanders, um, and probably for Andrew Ladd because he would collect the rest of his contract, would be to get him onto long-term injured reserve rather than going through a buyout. Um, Michael Tricarico asks... Um, how realistic, legitimate are the Vladimir Tarasenko to the Islanders rumors? What would the Islanders need to give up to get him? I, I'm not saying that it's going to come to fruition and the Islanders are going to bring in Vladimir Tarasenko. But I think, you know, all the reporting on this is very legitimate, uh, which leads to the rumors, right? Um, that Vlad Tarasenko's time with the St. Louis Blues, probably by a mutual mutually is coming to an end. There's there's some distrust. Uh, uh, Tarasenko doesn't like the way the organization handled his shoulder injuries. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's a little bit of distrust on the Blues part towards Tarasenko. It's a relationship that has come to an end. Um, and the Islanders, yeah, would be on that short list of teams that Vlad Tarasenko would want to play on. And, uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned this when I was on with uh, Christian and Sean um, last week. It just, you know, why wouldn't a player like Vlad Tarasenko want to come to the Islanders? And, and just think about that for a minute. How far the Islanders have now come uh, under Lou and Barry. And, and again, you know, I have to mention the ownership group led by Scott Malkin and with John Ledecky. Um, how far this organization has come where, you know, you're, you're talking about these marquee kind of premier trade targets or, or free agents. And why would any of them not want to consider the Islanders at this point? Uh, you're, you're moving into a new arena. You, you have everything set. Uh, you have a record of success here, two straight trips to the uh, NHL semifinals and, and an organization you know, if not still on the rise, then looking like the window is going to be open probably for at least a couple more seasons. And then you see where it goes. So what a change for this organization where they can be in the conversation with these kind of guys. Um, so, yeah, and, and I certainly think Lou Lamarillo is doing all sorts of due diligence here um, on, on what it would take to bring Vladimir Tarasenko to the Islanders. I mean, that's that's Lou's job to to explore this. He's not doing a good job if he's not looking into this. And again, that does not necessarily mean he pulls this off or wants to pull it off. It just means that it's his job to see what it would take to pull it off. Um, what would the Islanders need to give uh, to to get Tarasenko to to finish up uh, Michael Turcarico's question? Well, I, I certainly think. Anthony Beauvillier would be a part of that. And I think you could see if the Blues would be willing to maybe take on a Jordan Everly there, too. Um, you know, uh, it, it depends uh, how, you know, whether the Blues are going to want some defense help. Because then I think you're also looking at the, the Blues asking for one of the Islanders' better defense prospects. Uh, be it, you know, Noah Dobson. Or you go down, you know, Samuel Bolduck or uh, a Bodie Wild, but but think a, a defenseman, you know, uh, an established defenseman like Noah, or, you know, a uh, second-year pro like Noah Dobson, or a, a highly-rated defense prospect, and probably uh, some help up front to uh, uh, mitigate the loss of Tarasenko, and that would probably be a Beauvillier type, I would think. Um, Benny Deer says. Does Barry Trotz's contract count against the salary cap, and will the Islanders give him an extension? Um, uh, no, uh, Barry Trotz's contract uh, management does not count against the salary cap. Only uh, players, uh, you know, be it you know, active players or guys uh, with still active contracts who are on long-term injured reserve, like a Johnny Boychuk. Uh, for instance. Um, so no, Trotz's contract does not count against the salary cap, but Barry Trotz's contract will become 
somewhat of a, uh, a storyline uh, this upcoming season. He signed a five-year deal. He's going into the fourth season. The, the, the Islanders and, and Barry, you know, you never want as a coach uh, to have a coach going into a quote-unquote lame duck situation. That's what Barry faced in Washington. We all know how that wound up. Uh, that wound up with Barry Trotz coming to the Islanders. I, I don't think Barry's going to want to go through that again. Uh, where he comes into the final year of a deal. Um, so if the Islanders are going to work something out with Barry Trotz, and let me be clear, the Islanders want to work something out with Barry Trotz. They, they want him to continue. Lou Lamarillo wants Barry Trotz to continue. So this fourth season of his deal would be the year to really work on an extension. Maybe it comes after this season. Uh, that might be the most likely thing, um, but it could come during the season. And, uh, you know, there's also a chance that we don't find out about it for a while. Um, the, the, the Islanders are under no obligation to announce an extension for their coaching staff. So, um, let's see. And Thomas Boyle, um, Two questions from Thomas. Do the Islanders have to protect Anders Lee? And this is in the expansion draft. And a simple answer there is yes. Uh, Anders Lee is on the protected list. And again, uh, you know, you heard me talk with Sean and uh, uh, Christian. And the, the, the no-brainers as far as being protected are Anders Lee, Matthew Barzell, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, Brock Nelson, um, probably, and Anthony Beauvillier. I guess you can uh, debate Josh Bailey. To me, Josh Bailey is a protected player, and then you, you got a seventh forward to protect, and you heard, you know, uh, Christian and uh, Sean and I banty about who, who that might be. Um, and Thomas Boyle also asks, do you see the Arizona Coyotes taking Andrew Ladd's contract? They have over $30 million in cap space and several players under contract will be leaving. And again, uh, via the invaluablecapfriendly.com, which is up on all contract and cap space uh, info, um, and a huge shout out and stick tap to the guys who who run that site um, for, for being so diligent. Um, so you're looking at teams with a lot of cap space. Look, uh, uh, to, to answer the simple question, I, I'm not sure um, Arizona specifically would take on Andrew Ladd, but, you know, you're, you're thinking the right way. It, it depends how much, you know, <laughs> how much sweeteners uh, Lou Lamarillo can include to entice Arizona to take an Andrew Ladder. Are you going to throw in a first round pick? What kind of prospects are you going to throw out there? You know, uh, again, you know, uh, a Noah Dobson. Think of Noah Dobson is, is the kind of guy that Arizona would probably be asking for to, to take on Andrew Ladd's contract or, or an Oliver Wallstrom, uh, you know, a first round pick. You know, Arizona's going to want something to, to take on that kind of money. But, you know, in terms of teams that have money, according to Cap Friendly, uh, the Detroit Red Wings have the most at around $48 million, And then the Devils and uh, Buffalo Sabres around $34 million. You got the Arizona Coyotes in at about $31.5 million. Boston Bruins have about $30 million in, in cap space. And then the Hurricanes... Um, the Senators, uh, they're both, uh, you know, 28 million or more in, in cap space. You know, the, the Minnesota Wild certainly uh, now have freed up some cap space. Uh, the Avalanche, the Colorado, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, but they, you know, they need to bring in a, a ton of players. So, yeah, you know, to, to move an Andrew Ladd contract, you're probably looking at a, a Detroit Red Wings or, or the Devils. Uh, or the Sabres or the Coyotes. I, I would think those are the teams you'd center on. And again, you know, uh, teams like that, that that need so much are really going to hold the Islanders and Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello up uh, to take on a contract like Andrew Ladd. Um, again, I think the best outcome for the Islanders is, is to somehow uh, get Andrew Ladd on long-term injured reserve. Now, if Andrew Ladd is healthy and, you know, I, I know he wants to play, you know, 
you send him there and uh, see if he can make the team. You know, I don't know if he's got a much better shot of making one of those teams, uh, you know, than he does with the Islanders. Probably a little bit better, maybe if he's healthy and his knees hold up. But uh, really, that would be a case of dealing uh, the contract. Uh, but those are the kind of teams you're looking at. So, yeah, you know, Thomas, you're thinking in the right ballpark. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, does Lou want to bite the bullet and give up some decent prospects or yet another first-round pick uh, to, to move uh, Andrew Ladd's contract? But again, as I mentioned in the top, all these answers probably are going to get answered in the next two, three weeks as we move along here. There's going to be a spate of activity in the NHL and uh, looking forward to being on top of that and looking forward to bringing you uh, more podcasts as we go through July and uh, as the news uh, develops. But uh, until then, let me just once again say thank you to Christian Arnold and Sean Cuthbert of Hockey Night in New York. And again, if you want to follow Christian on Twitter, that's at C underscore Arnold 01. And you can also read his stuff on Hockey Now, uh, or that's nyihockeynow.com. And Sean is at Sean Y Hockey. You can listen to him on their uh, Hockey Night in New York show. Um, and again, these questions for Andrew's answers came to me via Newsday Islanders text, which is your direct connection to one-on-one -on -one communication with me. You can text 631-303-3766. That's 631-303-3766. Or go to newsday.com backslash Isles text to start your 14-day trial subscription. I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday, and you can follow me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And if you want to read anything I've written about the Islanders, you can go to Newsday.com backslash Isles. It's all there in addition to back episodes of the Island Ice podcast. And until we come to you with the next episode, episode 107, as it were, happy hockey, everybody. <laughs>